0: Wish you all a happy Veterans Day Sunday. Uh, we are looking forward to uh, this service and the next service. We got a, a, a big surprise in the meal next door uh, for the veterans later on. I can't tell you now. I'll have to tell you later. Uh, but it's going to be a, a blessing to our veterans and looking forward to it. Um, but we are thankful today that we live in the land of the free and to live in the uh, land where the, uh, a lot of brave men and women have fought for this country. And I know today in this service, there are some veterans that are here that have uh, sacrificed and made a commitment to uh, protect this land. And if you're here today and you've served, been engaged in any military service at all throughout your life, I want you to take a minute now and please stand. Would you stand? Our veterans, would you please stand? Remain standing. <laughs> Remain standing. <laughs> Remain standing. Praise the Lord. Before you sit down, I want everybody around those guys right there just uh, say thank you to them right now. Have a chance to say thank you to a veteran today. Thank you. Say thank you. Thank you. Thank you you all. Thank you for your service uh, to this country. And we need to be praying for our military, amen? Uh, We need to pray for them and pray for our commander-in-chief, pray for our soldiers. And today, uh, we will take some time to pray, and we're going to honor Uh, those that have served our country. The title of my message today is The Soldier. The Soldier. Look to your neighbor and say, Soldier. When you look into the Scriptures, you will see time and time again that the Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, that we are called to be soldiers. We are called to be soldiers. If you look at the life of the Apostle Paul, Paul was a great man of God, used mightily by God. He was definitely a mighty man, a mighty warrior. And he used the word soldier many times in his letters to describe the follower of Christ. Many of you are familiar with those passages. You remember in 2 Timothy, uh, Paul, he gave this uh, pep talk to his young son in the faith, Timothy. And he reminded Timothy, he says, Timothy, I know that you're in a battle right now because Timothy was in a battle. He was going through some suffering physically in his body. He was he was not quite as courageous as Paul, and he was a little bit more timid in his spirit, and, and he was being attacked by certain people. And, and he was going through a battle, no doubt. And Paul comes to Timothy and he reminds this young warrior. He says, I want you, Timothy, make sure that you are a good soldier and you fight the good fight. You're a good soldier and you fight the good fight. We find this passage here in 2 Timothy 2, verses uh, uh, 3 and 4, if you want to open your Bibles. Paul says this, you therefore, he's talking to Timothy, you must endure hardship, some translations say suffering, He says, you must endure hardship as a good soldier of who? Jesus Christ. He says, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. In other words, listen, there's going to be some battles, young Timothy, And you got to fight the good fight. you got to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Don't get engaged in uh, these worldly affairs. Don't let them entangle you in this life. But you make sure that you live a life that pleases the one who enlisted you, and that's Jesus Christ. That you live a life. How many of you want to live a life that pleases Jesus Christ? All of us do, hopefully. And Paul, he used these words here not only in 2 Timothy but throughout his writings. Paul used these words, uh, soldier, and he used the word endure, and he used the word fight, and he used the word warfare, because Paul knew that there were going to be some battles in our life. Can you? Can I get an amen? There, there's going to be some battles in our life, and Paul. Uh, through the uh, inspiration of the Holy Spirit is writing to Timothy but also speaking to us today that there's going to be some battles. I hope that you realize today, friend, that there's going to be some battles in life even if you're a Christian. Don't don't think that the day that you said yes to Christ and began to follow him that that it's going to change because Jesus himself said there's going to be some troubles to come your way. So there's going to be some battles in life. Don't think that we're going to be exempt from them. It's a battle, though. The Bible calls it a spiritual battle. Whether you realize it or not, friend, there's angels versus demons. There's good versus evil. There's light versus darkness. We may not be able to perceive it with our own eyes right now, but I'm telling you what the Bible says, that all around us is a spiritual war going on around us. There's a spiritual battle going on around us and we may not be able to see it with our own eyes, but we can see the effects of it in our, culture, in our culture. We can see the effects of it in our daily life every day that there's a war going on. And Paul reminds us of this war in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13. He says, listen to me. He's talking to the Ephesians. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Quit trying to do it in your own power. Do it in the power of God. Rely on the power of God. Listen to me, church. Please listen. There is power available to us. He says, when you receive power, you will be a witness for me. There's power available to all of us through the Holy Spirit. And so he says, listen, you be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realms. Listen to this. Therefore put on, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, When the day of evil comes, whatever that must be, it must mean a battle. It must mean some kind of warfare. So you put on the full armor of God so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, you keep standing. Man, what a speech he gave there. Paul says, listen to me, he told Timothy there, he said, there's going to be some hardships, there's going to be some suffering, and then he reminds the Ephesians, there's going to be a day of evil when it comes. It's going to be a battle, it's going to be a war. And I want to just tell you again, friend, Christianity is not a cruise ship. Christianity is a battleship. Christianity is not a playground like some people like to come and play. It's a battleground. And the battle, the battles, the battles, oh my gosh, the battles that we face, the battles can be a very dark place. Like Paul said, when the day of evil comes, those battles can bring darkness, those battles are evil. Many of you who are gathered here today, I know we had several veterans stand, but even as Christians, the things that we've been through, many of you gathered here today, you know, you know from your own experiences in life Uh, What it feels like to be pursued by an enemy. You know what it's like to have this dark battle in your life. Many of you know the pain that the darkness of war can bring to your soul. And many of you know what it's like to keep standing and endure and even through the suffering and even through the pain. Some of my greatest heroes, one that just recently went to be with the Lord, Mr. James Coley, a man who went through some great battles in his life, but he always stood for the Lord. He always endured. I remember hearing one military leader. He says the greatest soldiers are the ones that come out of the highlands of affliction. And friends, sometimes the Lord, uh, there's, there's things that happen in our life and we don't always understand. There's a battle going on for sure. But the Lord could be strengthening you and making you into a strong warrior for him and all for his glory even through the suffering and even through the affliction that you're going through. Many soldiers here this morning, Christian soldiers who are fighting some dark spiritual battles, many of you may have showed up this morning and you're in the battle of your life. Some of you are battling depression, battling discouragement, battling doubt. Some of you are fighting the temptation to to just throw it all away and go back to that old sinful lifestyle. It's a struggle for you daily. And God is trying to bring you to the other side and give you victory. But the enemy just keeps trying to pull you back in to that place of darkness. And it's a battle. It's a battle for some of you. It's the battle of the bills to keep the lights on, to put food on the table. Some of you, it's the battle of bitterness. You're still mad over things that happened to you growing up, still mad over things that happened to you in the past, and and there's that grudge in there, and now you're you're battling that bitterness on the inside. It's a battle. Some of you battling just for your loved ones. You know, there's a battle for souls today. There's a battle for souls. There's a battle for the soul of this nation today. There's a battle for our families today. The battle is real, and the battle can be a very dark place. We have a real enemy, Satan, who's declared war fair on every follower of Jesus Christ, and his goal is to break down our faith. He has one goal, and that's to kill and uh, devour you and destroy your faith in God. Come on, church. We have a real enemy who's trying to take us out, and there's going to be battles, and we need to be soldiers. Paul said, listen, Timothy, there's going to be some battles in your life, and you need to be a soldier. And the reason why you need to be a soldier, just for the next few minutes, I want to just encourage you and exhort the church today to keep fighting the good fight. He says, you need to be a soldier because a soldier will prepare. Look to your neighbor and say, prepare. You need to prepare. The soldier will prepare. Paul said this, he says, be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And I want to declare to you this morning, the most important thing that you can ever do in preparing for warfare is to make sure you're on the right side. And you need to be on God's side this morning, friend. You need to be on God's side. You need to make sure that you're prepared for eternity. You need to make sure that you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ and you've turned from sin and now you're following him. Listen, Amos said, prepare to meet thy God. Are you prepared this morning? Are you prepared spiritually this morning? I don't mean are you coming to church. I don't mean are you singing a song. I don't mean you're putting tithes in the offering plate. I mean are you prepared because you have faith in Jesus Christ? And the only way that you can make sure is that you're saved is to place your faith in the Lord is to make sure you've been born again. you got to make sure that Jesus is the captain over your life. When I was in the United States Navy, when I went to basic training, I had a commander that I took orders from. And then when I left basic training and went to my first assignment in San Diego, California, when I arrived at the ship that I was stationed at, we had a captain there, and you took orders from him. You made you listened to the captain. You followed the captain's orders. And the question is today, friend: Is Jesus your captain this morning? Is He the captain over your life? Come on, I'm asking you a question: Is it you always in charge? Are you letting other people run your life? Is is your is your uh, your own human lust pulling you one way, or is Jesus the captain of your life? He's the one you're taking orders from. He's the one that's leading you. Hebrews 2.10 says that Jesus is the captain of our salvation. Raise your hand this morning if Jesus is your captain today. Hallelujah. He's captain of your life, and you got to make sure that you're born again. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Listen to me, friend. Don't get caught up in the lies and the deception that the devil will try to put in your mind. You can't be saved by good works. You can't be saved just because you're in church. Listen, you got to place your faith in Jesus Christ and the work of the cross and turn from sin and follow him and you will be born again. It's a spiritual rebirth into a new man, a new woman. The Bible says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and times of refreshing may come from the Lord. I love that verse because that verse is so true. When you turn from all that stuff, when you turn away from it and turn to God, there's a time of refreshing that comes from the Lord. He will refresh you. A good soldier is prepared and ready. Let me ask you one more time. Is Jesus the captain of your life? Are you taking orders from him? I want to tell you this morning, friend, he will never he will never steer you in the wrong direction. After about two years of being on that ship in San Diego, I think I've even told this one time before, they sent us a new captain to our boat, and this guy was previously on a submarine, and he had uh, ran that submarine into the ground, and they sent him to be the captain of our ship. And I'm like, what? But I'm here to tell you, friend, he, 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 listen, he steered that thing in the wrong direction, but our captain Jesus will never steer you in the wrong direction, friend. He will never steer you in the wrong direction. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's faithful. You can trust him. He's all we need. Hallelujah. You can trust the Lord today. I want you to be prepared to follow Jesus you got to make sure you're prepared. Listen to me, friend. I'm not playing games. It's a veterans Day service, but the question is, are you prepared? Are you prepared to follow Jesus no matter the cost? I'll never forget the story I heard. How many of you all have ever heard of the lady? Her name is Kim Davis. She's from Kentucky. Probably not. She was on the news a few years ago. She was the county clerk in Kentucky. And she was uh, asked by the federal government to begin to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples. And and she said, you know, I'm I'm talking to you about being prepared to follow Jesus no matter the cost. And they told her that she was going to be forced by the federal government to issue these licenses. She said, I'm sorry. But I can't do it. I just, that, that's against my religious beliefs. And she refused to issue those licenses. And the, and the federal judge right there in the court, and they said, Miss Davis, you have to issue those licenses or you're going to go to jail. And she said, I refuse to issue those licenses. And the judge said, Bailiff, handcuff her and take her away. And they said that that old big bailiff was just, a, he, was, he was shaking. He was shaking. He didn't want to do it. You know what she did in the courtroom? She had only been saved for four years. She hadn't been saved long. She was still a new Christian, but they said that she stood up and put her hands up when she found out she was going to jail and said, glory to God. Glory to God. And she looked at that old shaking bailiff and she said, here, handcuff me. And then the ladies that were doing the fingerprinting, they didn't want a fingerprint. And she said, listen, here's how you do it. Here's how you do it. And she went to jail and she was giving God the glory that she was willing and prepared to stand no matter the cost. And friend, we got to be prepared to stand no matter the cost. Are you prepared? Are you prepared? I pray and hope that none of us ever get put in a situation like that. But if we do, I hope we're prepared. And not only are we prepared as soldiers, but good soldiers will protect Paul said, put on the full armor of God. Put on the full armor of God and be ready to stand and be a protector. And good soldiers will protect. They will defend their faith. That's why I love Robbie Zachariah so much. He is a great defender of the faith. Do you realize that all across our nation today, especially in the educational world and our college campuses, that they're trying to indoctrinate and challenge the faith of Christian young men and young women? And friend, listen to me. We we need to be ready to protect and defend our faith. I was asking a guy this past week about a certain college here kind of in our area. And you know what he told me? It's supposed to be a Christian college. He says, all I can tell you is you better make sure your son is good and saved and he knows what he believes when he goes in there because there's going to be some uh, wolves and sheep's clothing and they're going to try to challenge him. And friend, listen to me. You need to be ready to defend and protect your faith in this world that we live in, need to be ready to stand up for what's right and stand up for what's wrong. All of us, no matter whether we're on a college campus or at the Walmart parking lot or wherever you are, friend, you gotta be ready to defend the faith. And we gotta be ready to protect not only our faith, but we gotta be willing to protect our families as well. Are you willing to protect your family? I said, are you willing to protect your family? I'm willing to protect mine. I don't want to get too political. But I do have a concealed weapons (laughs) permit. And guess what? My wife does too. I believe in the Second Amendment. And I'll tell you this, if I'm going out of town and I'm, she's home alone, don't go over there. One, we got Oreo. You, Lord, help me. I told this to the staff the other day. He, he, he's our new home defense system. Lisa carried him for a walk. Lord, help me. Get, help me, Lord, help me. Lisa carried him for a walk the other day and she was walking down the road, walking Oreo. He don't get out a whole lot. And, uh, He was just happy-go-lucky walking down the road, and she looked behind us, and our neighbors down the road have two Rottweilers. And those dogs had jumped out of that pen, and when she turned around, all she could hear were those claws coming down the road running toward her. And I was like, what in the world did you do? And she said, we just turned around and looked at him, and just kind of like froze in fear. And she said, all of a sudden, Oreo just kind of rose up and, and just was growling and barking and the hair was up on the back of him, you know, just going off. And she said, by that time, the neighbors had come out and they called the dogs. And I was like, that is awesome. I said, well, let me tell you what I'd have done. I said, if that had been me and I saw them big dogs coming, I'd have picked up Oreo and i had been like, here you go. No, I wouldn't have done that. You got to be willing to protect your family now. <laughs> hey, listen, are you willing to are you willing to cover your family in prayer? That's what I'm talking about. I, I'm talking about anointing your home. I'm talking about going there in the doorways over your, over your spouse there and in, in her study area or, or where your boys are at. I'm talking about anointing pillars in the house. I'm talking about anointing thing over the cars they're driving. They turn 16, you'll do anything. You ought to all get WD-40. It'll work. Anoint because you're protecting them. There's times when they're asleep, I'll go in there and just pray with them, pray with them. Because I'm protecting my family. I'm protecting my family. And not only will good soldiers protect their families, but you know what good soldiers will do? We'll protect those precious babies. I think it's long past overdue that the church would finally rise up and say, you know what, killing 60 million babies is wrong and we need to do everything we can to defeat abortion. Abortion. We believe in the grace of God and I know people, I've done some things in my life I regret and wish I could take back but I know God's grace is greater than any sin that's ever been committed and God can forgive, God can restore but friend, we have to take a stand. Listen to me. We have to be pro-life and that's not political, that's the Bible. We also need to protect our seniors. I'm talking about protecting family. I, did, did y'all see the news this past week where, where the, the 79-year-old Christian soldier, this Christian elderly man, was on a train in New York City. On a train in New York City, he had his Bible out and he was reading scripture out loud. And this transgender lady, who's really a man. God made a man or man or woman. You're either man or woman. But this, this transgender lady who was actually a man was so offended by him reading those scriptures, he, she took off her heel and began to beat that elderly man right there on that train. I mean, beat him. And here's the sad part. Nobody stepped in to protect that man. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody came to his rescue. I mean, they came to him after it was all over with and tried to help him, but nobody stepped in and tried to protect him. Where are the good soldiers who are willing to protect our seniors? Where are they at? Where are the good soldiers? God, help us to protect our people. God, help us to protect one another. God, help us to be soldiers. We need to be praying. We need to be praying. For protection. I was studying some things this past week about the warfare that was used in many of the wars. And did you know in World War I that one of the greatest warfare tactics that the French used against the Germans was called trench warfare? Trench warfare. That the French would dig these trenches, I mean, miles and miles long, and they would begin just to live in these trenches. And when the, when the barrage of bullets and bombshells would begin to land, they would, they would bunker down inside and get down in those trenches and they would be protected because they had made trenches. And it was those trenches that was able to save so many people because they would get there. It was the safest place they could be on the battlefield because in World War I, it was, it was mainly a ground game and they were there in the trenches. Listen, I want to just tell you something, church. If we're going to survive, if we're going to survive the battles in, that we face in life, we have to stay down. We have to stay down in the trenches. You have to stay down in the trenches, friend. If you're gonna stay down, you gotta stay down in prayer and you gotta fight those battles. You gotta fight. You gotta keep calling on the Lord. You gotta stay down and pray and pray and pray. What does the Bible says? He says if we humble ourselves before the Lord and if we'll pray... If we'll humble ourselves, that's a picture of getting down, and we got to get down in the trenches for our family. We got to get down in the trenches for our marriage. We got to get down in the trenches for this nation so God will forgive us of our sins and heal this land. God, help us to get down in the trenches. We have to stay down. We have to stay down in the trenches to fight and protect our families. Are you willing? Are you willing? Listen to me, friend. Are you, are you willing to dig some trenches around your home? Are you willing to dig some trenches and get down in them around your work and around your school? Who's willing to dig some trenches and get down and pray? God help us as a church to, we would be ready to battle as we get down in the trenches and cover our families so they'll be protected. Man, I, I, you know me and my family, we, we, we get down in the trenches before we leave out every morning. We get down in the trenches. Sometimes, you know, my boys remind me, Daddy, we need to get in the trench before we leave. And what I mean is we need to get in a time of prayer. Let's pray. Are you praying for your family? Are you praying for your marriage? Are you praying for your home? Are you praying for our community? Are you praying for this nation? God, help us to be protectors. And finally, I want to tell you that good soldiers will persevere We'll be prepared and we'll be protectors and we'll persevere. He told Timothy, He says, I want you to endure through the suffering. I want you to endure. That means persevere. In other words, no matter how bad the battle gets in your life, Timothy, don't you quit. Don't you give up. You persevere to the very end because the one that endures to the end will be saved. And you need to make sure that you endure whatever you got to do, friend, don't quit. Whatever you got to do, friend, don't quit. Don't give up. Don't listen to the enemy try to whisper to you and tell you that it's done, it's over with. Don't you quit. You keep going. You keep fighting. In World War I, those same trenches, I just thought it was so fascinating. These same trenches that these, these men were living in, the battle would get so bad That the soldiers started experiencing what we know today is called shell shock syndrome. How many of you ever heard of shell shock? Shell shock syndrome. The soldiers were never hit by a bullet, they they were never hit by by bombshells, but the constant noise from the bombs and the constant shaking of the ground as the bombs land around them caused the soldiers to have shell shock. And the shell shock caused the soldiers to be disoriented, they would lose focus, they couldn't hear. And then they would be paralyzed with fear. It was the constant warfare that that was brought on them that caused many of them to break down mentally and to break down physically. And sometimes in the battles, friend, sometimes in the battles that we go through in life, we can suffer from shell shock. Some people walk around and you've been shell shocked by so many battles and so many bullets coming at you. From the enemy that you're walking around disoriented. You don't know whether you're coming or going. And you can't even hear. You're wondering where the voice of God is. You used to hear it, but you don't hear it now. And some of you have been paralyzed with fear because of all the attacks in your life. And the word of God today is for you. Don't you give up. Don't you quit, friend. I know you've been shocked, but you got to keep fighting. you got to keep fighting. you got to keep going. I know you feel like you're going to break down. Any of you ever felt that way before? I mean, you felt like you about had all that you can take. Had a couple of those seasons. I want you to know you're a follower of Christ. I had a man tell me, when you're walking around and you're serving God and you're sold out to him and you're all in, there's a target on your back. And you better be ready, but you got to keep fighting. Some of you here this morning are one battle away from giving up. But Paul's word to you is, don't you give up. Don't you quit. You keep going. You're making a difference, sir. You're making a difference, ma'am. You're making a difference. Don't you quit. Keep fighting the good fight. Keep fighting for the captain. Keep fighting for the faith. Keep fighting for your brothers and sisters in the church. No man, no woman gets left behind. Keep fighting for them. Keep fighting for your family. Keep fighting for your kids. Keep fighting for this nation. Because quitting is not an option. I don't know if you've ever heard of Lieutenant Jerry Boykin, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. He's actually from Wilson, North Carolina. Great man of God. He was one of the founders uh, to develop Delta Force. He served with the Green Berets. He was over all the special forces at one time. I mean, this dude here is a beast. And and I heard him in Washington, D.C. not too long. It's been several months back. And he's got this testimony where he tells where they're on this mission and they're fighting. It was during, I don't know if you remember the movie Black Hawk Down. Have y'all ever heard of that movie? And and this is the mission that they're on. And I could tell you some crazy stuff about that mission. But while they were on that mission, they began to be fired at in one of the helicopters. And and some of the helicopters uh, crashed and some of them had to make an emergency landing. The one that he was on was shot 54 times. And one of the helicopters was making an emergency landing and they were kind of uh, losing stability as they were coming down to land. And one of the soldiers in the helicopter fell out of the helicopter and the helicopter landed and part of it landed on his foot and he was pinned. And while they hit the ground, the enemies came and they were firing at them, and some of the American soldiers were trying to uh, just keep them back and keep them back. And this one soldier was pinned under the helicopter with his foot. And General Boykin said, you know what he did? He said, We were firing, trying to keep people off, and we saw him pull out a knife. And he took it and he cut off at the front part of his foot. He cut off his toes and amputated his own foot right there so he could get out from under the helicopter. And then he grabbed his gun and started fighting. And friend, that just reminds me we can be wounded by the battles we're going through in life, but we can't quit. We got to keep fighting you got to keep fighting. I know some of you have been wounded. The battle's been bad in your life, but you got to cut some things loose, and you got to keep fighting. Amen. you got to keep fighting because we never give up. We never give up. Even when we're wounded, we never give up. We keep going. Pastor Kevin, if you'll come and help me, sir. I don't mean to keep sharing so much history with you, how many of you ever heard, I know you have, the great Winston Churchill? Lift your hand. Some, you, some of you are like, who is that? He was the prime minister at the time during World War II in, in, in Britain. And, and there's some speeches that you can go back and listen to. And here's what hit me. When I, when I read Winston Churchill's speech to his people, his soldiers, they were, they were at a critical time when they were, they were battled, they were about to give up, they were about to give in. And he had one last chance to speak to his nation and to speak to his troops. And it was either this is going to work or either we're going to be done and over with. And here's what he says in his speech. Winston Churchill, we shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and we shall fight in the streets. We shall fight in the hills because we shall never surrender. Friend, listen to me this morning. Whatever battles, whatever you've been going through in your life, friend, I'm just here to tell you God wants to exhort you today. don't, Don't give up. Don't quit. Keep walking with Jesus. He's the one that brings victory in our life. The Bible says in Exodus 15, 3, the Lord is a warrior. He will fight your battles for you. You just hold on to God. Hold on to Him. He's our shield. He's our protector. Don't be overcome by the enemy, friend. You keep trusting in Jesus. Jesus. He's going to bring you through. We're on a battlefield right now, friend. We're on a battlefield, but you got to keep going and don't ever give up because one day's coming, friend. We're going to be on the other side. On the other side, and it'll be worth it all. Some of us might limp in, and some of us are going to have some wounds and have some scars, but in the end, it will never matter because we'll be in the presence of the Lord. Oh, God. I'm looking forward to that day. Would you bow your heads with me, please, all over this place? Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way. My first question to you again is, are you prepared? Are you prepared to meet thy God? God forbid anything would ever happen to anyone in this room today. But as a man of God and as your pastor... As a preacher of the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ, I'm asking you right now, are you prepared? Sir, are you prepared? Ma'am, are you prepared? Young man, young woman, are you prepared? Have you placed your faith in Jesus? If you're here this morning and you're not absolutely sure that you're on your way to heaven, you're not sure that you're in God's army, but you want to be sure, you want to give your life to Jesus today, nobody's looking right now. It's just between you and God. Would you just lift your hand and say, that's me. I want to be sure. Would you just be honest with God and say, that's me. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Put your hand down. God bless you. Anyone else want to be honest before the Lord and say, that's me. I, I, I just want to be sure. God bless you. God bless you. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, for the ones that lifted their hands, I pray that they would just call on you, Jesus, for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God, we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised you from the dead, Jesus. We too shall be saved. God, we know we've missed the mark because of sin. And it's only through the blood of Jesus Christ that our sins can be washed away and we can be forgiven. For without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. So Lord, right now, I just confess to you I'm a sinner. I I ask you to come into my life to be Lord and to forgive me. God, I just trust in you right now and the work that you accomplished on the cross. You took my place and I'm forever grateful. Because of what you've done for me today, 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 I make a decision to commit my life to you and to walk with you in your army, to march with you, God. I surrender all in Jesus' name.